Okay, today's daf is Psachim daf Lamed Zayin. We are on the bottom line, Lamed Vav Amad Beis. Tanurabanas, we're continuing the discussion of very thick matzahs. We'll get to the question of soft matzah. So let's see. Tanurabanas, ain't even pass ava, beyantif, or be Pesach. One is not allowed to bake thick pass, thick bread on Pesach. Divrei be Shamai, or be Silamatir, may still hold. It's fine. You're allowed to bake this thick. Uh, bread or this thick matzah, the kamapasa, but what's considered thick? Amrav huna tefach. If it's the size of a tefach, that's called thick. That one cannot make it into chametz yet. You're allowed. To, it was it was a uh, tefach thick. So that's the raya to base hillel that you are allowed to have thick matzah. At least up to a tefach. Fine. Mask of the Rav Yosef. So Rav asks the following question. You're telling me that the same way we know that lechem aponim could not be chametz, right? A light tummet has to be there all year round. It was not chametz, and we know it was a tefach thick, so it must be that I'm also able to make my own matzahs, and it could be at least a tefach thick, according to Beis Hillel. Freight Rav Yosef, what, what type of comparison is that? And I'm going to give you five uh, reasons to differentiate. Number one, in Amru Biz reason, when it comes to the Lechem Aponim that's made in the base of Midrash with Kahanim, the Zaras, as we mentioned yesterday's daf, Yamru B'Shein's reason. Shein's reason, you talk about a regular person or a regular matzah factory, so that's not uh, a good comparison. Number two, in Amru B'Pas Amela, the Lechem Aponim had 300 people, uh, you know, working on it. There was uh, there were 300 Shifshufim in the Biyad, the Gemara tells us. So there was a lot of work done to the Dough, Yamru Bipash Eina Amela, classic dough in your matzah factory doesn't have the same amelus. Number three, Amru Beitzim Yavation, they use dry wood. Yamru Beitzim Lachim, in a typical bakery, they might use moist wood, it doesn't get as hot. Yamru Betaner Chan, number four, the oven in the base of Midrash is very hot. Yamru Betaner Tsaini, in a cold oven. Number five, Amru Betaner Shamateches, a metal oven. Yamru Betaner Shacheres. So therefore, I don't understand. What's your comparison to Lechem Aponim that there's no concern it's going to get chametz? Your regular matzah doesn't have has five reasons to, to be more machmer. Some Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Abba, Sheila says Rabbi B'yichud. I asked my Rabbi B'yichud, sounds like a Lubavitcher, B'yichidus, I had Yichidus with my Rabbi, and I asked him, the, I asked him this question. So the Gemara says, Umanu, who is the Rabbi of Rabbi Yirmiyah Bar Abba? So the Gemara says, Rav. Ikad Ami, there's a different way of Bringing the story down, Amrav Yirmi by Abba Marav Sheila says Rebbe Biyichud Umanu Rabbeinu Hakadosh. Okay, so that Rav asked his Rebbe, who was Rav's Rebbe, Rabbeinu Hakadosh. Now my pass So this was the conversation. What's considered pass of a not a thick dough? No, it's pass maruba. It means a lot of bread. And the Machlekis Bisham Basil is regarding a lot of bread. So Mar says, hold on a second. If I might karule pas ava, why do you identify a lot of bread as pas ava, which sounds like a thick bread, just say a lot of bread. So the Gemara says, Misham Dinafisha Belisha, you have a very big dough when you're making it, so when you need the dough, it's very uh ava, it's very thick, so that's how you would identify it. Vibas ima, the high tana in the in the location of this tana, the pas maruba pas ava karule. That was the vocabulary of this tana that he would call he would identify pas meruba as pas ava. So either way, my timer, why does Beis Shammai say you cannot make a lot of bread on Yantif? You're telling me that there's too much of a tircha on Yantif. You're not allowed to be matriach for no reason. So the question is really, what about Beis Hillel? So we're going to see in Mesechtos Beitza that there are other reasons why it would not be a problem, and uh, primarily because 
when a person makes a big batch of challah and you're baking a lot together in an oven, the your, the the oven does does a better job. The your bread tastes better when it's baked in an oven full of bread versus if it was in an empty oven. One loaf of bread doesn't have the same taste. But either way, beishamai is machmer. Because tarach tircha tarach, it's unnecessary. You don't need this for yantif. So Gemara says, fine. Let's assume that Beisham is correct. But my area of a pesach, why? Why would the discussion be regarding pesach? It should be a regular yantif conversation. Hilchas yantif, nothing to do with pesach. So the Gemara says, you're right. Enochanami vaitana biyantiv shal pesach kai. The Taina happened to be teaching teaching regarding yantiv a uh, yantiv of pesach. But you're right. It could have been said about shvuas or about rosh hashanah, but. That's where the Tana was holding. Tani nami halachi v'shamim meinof and pasach beyond to be so matir and so nothing to do with pesach. It's a machlekas regarding the halachis of yantiv. Let's do one more gemara, then we'll get back to the question of eating your uh, soft matzah. So, Tana rabban yoytzim bepas nikia. A person could be yoytzah with you know white flour bread, white bread, and even though it's nice and fancy, that is not called matzah ashira. Vibhidra. You could also use like your whole wheat bread, which you also you eat it with it. It's, it's funny. You don't don't tell the people in, in Whole Foods that the pasashira is the white bread. But back in the day, people would not eat the the whole wheat because, and the truth is, it's only recently where they they uh, many many uh, many uh, manufacturers have taken out the bran. You take out the bran, you remove it, and you. You use a separate mill for the bran, and then you put it back into the wheat, into the classic white flour, depending on if you want 100% whole wheat, do you want, you know, half and half. So you process the bran separately and make it taste better or have it at least, you know, not have the same texture as the white flour. And that's why over the last 20, 30 years, there's been a, a great improvement in the whole wheat production. And uh, we'll talk about this later at, at, at a different time if that has any halachic ramifications. But either way, you could use your white bread, well, white matzah, use holy matzah, besrikin hamatsuyarin, but pesach. You could also, yosuyaitza, if you use srikin hamatsuyarin, which means matzah is that had a, you know, an, a, a, an etch in it. There was some uh, type of marking in it. Maybe someone, someone put a logo there. Even though there's a design, your yaitza. Afapisha amri, noisin srikin hamatsuyarin, even though. The Chacham said, you're not allowed to do this on Pesach, but if it was done, you would still be Yaitza. So I'm Rabbi Yehuda. So the Brisa continues. Davrzeh shal Baisus ben Zunin lechacham. Baisus ben Zunin asked the Chacham the following question: Why are you not allowed to make formed matzah on Pesach? So the word the word Sirik is really like the word Sirak, which means like makeup, a decorate. You can't use decorated matzah on Pesach. Why can I not make it on Pesach? Because you're gonna have a woman; she's going to be busy with making a very specific design matzah. She's uh, an Instagrammer, and by the time she finishes her design, mechamatzta, it's going to become chametz. So Amr lahem, efsher yasena bitfus, and vikve enakavan. We at our factory, you should see what we have here. We could have these forms. We could ha- we could uh, expedite the process. There will be no, you know, futzing around. We'll have 
we won't have any chametz problems. So the Amrullah, the Cham responded with famous words that you're going to see multiple times in Shas. So remember these words, the context. Everyone's going to say that this old Shrikim, for your classic person, is not allowed to make these forms. But Shrikim Baisus, they're better than everyone else. They're, it's mutter for them. Meaning, light plug. We're not making any exceptions because no one's going to know how to differentiate, and therefore we say one cannot make Sarik and Hamatsuyarin on Pesach. Okay, the Gemark, the Brisa continues. There's a, actually a different opinion here. Amar Belazar Bar Tzadik, Pamachas Nechnasi, Achar Abba Lebeis Rabban Gamliel, Ve'evil Lofan of Sarik and Hamatsuyarin on Pesach, and they, they used it on Pesach. Amarti Abba Lekacham Rechacham Enos and Sarik and Hamatsuyarin on Pesach. You know how to do this. So Amar Li Bni Loi Shalkal Ademamru Ela Shalnachtaim Marmo. The whole Isser was was for the bakers. Why? The bakers, they have quality control. They're concerned that their customer is going to, you know, going to care if the logo is off or something. So there's more of a concern by the, in the bakery setting that they might waste time and it, it will become chametz. But a balabas, they don't care. They're, they're makbed on their mitzvah. They're trying to do something cute. But if it doesn't work out, they're not going to lose sleep over it. Some say the opposite. He has a quick, expedited, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing. And therefore, in a commercial setting, there is no concern. But in a home where it's slow, it's amateur, then there would be a problem. And that's where the concern is. And he says, what we could do is you can make these very thin matzahs, because those, there's no concern, they'll become chametz. But the thick ones, there's more of a concern that it will become Chametz. So let's just go back, as we mentioned, thick matzah here. How do we paskin? Is a person allowed to use thick matzah or not? So the truth is, l'chayro, one could bring a raya from, I mean, even though the Gemara doesn't go with this, that one could even have a tefach, thick matzah, that should be fine. L'halacha, this is brought down by some of the Rishonim, that one could be yaitzah with this. However, most Rishonim are machmer, that one should not have up to a tefach. It can have some thickness, but not more than a tefach. There are those that say, okay, an etzba, if it's uh, more than an inch thick, so that's a problem. There's a concern that they might become chametz, but uh, smaller than that would not be a problem. And that's really how we paskin. However, the Ramah says the minute gets to make very thin, and he, he says rakikin, which is like wafer thin matzahs. But the truth is, it's very hard. You're not going to find the matzah that's an inch thick. So the question is, what, what, is there any minhug we have to only use hard matzah? versus soft matzah, as we mentioned many times, the word korech, which means to wrap, does not mean a sandwich. So korech was a wrap, uh, you had a, a wrap with your lettuce and your sh- and your uh, your lamb, that was the korech that Hillel ate. So, isn't that, we, isn't that what we should be using, uh, a soft matzah? Why are we using a hard matzah? So, there are, there are those places that say anything of Hesher Shechter, Shlita says this, that there is no problem. There's no minnow that, that Ashkenazim have not to eat uh, soft matzah. This has been the practice for many years, but if someone knows how to do it, they find one with a good ashkacha, halachically, there is no problem. You could, in fact, eat the soft matzah. However, most of the other can argue. I saw Rav Asher Weiss in his Haggadah, the Minchas Asher Haggadah, even many of the Mizrahi Paiskim, who uh, who typically, you know, would, would be more make on, on these on these, you know, quasi and hug him, they are they stand firm and they say, no, this is not our minigar. Our minig is to only eat the uh, the hard matzah and not to eat 
the, the soft matzah. There's actually three reasons to, to be concerned. Number one is that, as the Gemara just said, there's more of a concern that it actually might there might be some chametz there. So that will be something to consider. Number two, maybe there's some type of minog of only using the hard one. Why would there be a minog? So again, maybe chametz, or we're going to see in a few minutes, there's a certain test that you could tell if you're baking matzahs, if the matzahs are considered done. So it's much easier to see when you have a hard matzah versus a soft matzah, we'll mention it in a few minutes. Additionally, from a very practical standpoint, because it is not accepted uh, for most of Klai, so to eat these matzahs, most of the people doing production are, are not doing a mahadrin type of matzah production. So this might have changed over the years, as there are many Sephardi Torah, they want, you know, mahudr matzahs. So I was texting a few people in the kashras world, so I got a response from someone from the Star K. This is at Star K in their Sephardi department. They call it Star, D, Star S. So Star S gives hashkacha on a matzah factory in Boca Raton, Florida. So if anyone wants, they could reach out to the Star K, see if that's available. But they're, they're okay, so that third issue of hashkacha is a very valid point that anytime you're buying something like matzah on Pesach, that's the one thing that actually might be chametz. So you want to be careful. So it makes more sense to, be, uh, to, to find a good hashkacha on the matzahs that you're purchasing. But uh, la I would, you know, shy away from telling people to eat soft matzah, especially if you're, uh, you're, you're Ashkenazi, for Sephardi, and they could ask their Sephardi rabbis if they eat it or not. Uh, if someone cannot chew on matzah, and for them it's a shayla of being yaitza, the mitzvah of matzah on Pesach, versus not really being yaitza, so then we could consider, perhaps they should be make or find a good company, a good ashkacha, and one could rely on those pricing that say there is no real minog not to eat soft matzah. One more halacha discussion, just briefly. Here the, the Gemara said one should not make a design out of their matzah. So actually two more discussions. Number one is that this was a debate. We're going to discuss this at length throughout the Masechta regarding hand matzah versus machine matzah. So most of the Discussion is Lishma and the question of chametz. We'll talk about the unions and the uh, and the people that were, they were losing parnasa when they switched from hand to machine. But one of the issues that were raised was that when you have machine matzah, they would typically cut it in a square. You want it in a square so you have no leftover dough hanging around. Is that a problem of making surikin, of making a design for the matzah? So most of the Pisces said that's not a problem, that's not a fancy design, and uh, that is not a problem. As, as we know, nobody's machmer for that, but this was part of the debate in the hand versus machine matzah. One more halacha here is that the Bryce has said you're allowed to eat it, meaning if it was made before Pesach, you're allowed to eat it. The question was, could you make it on Pesach? And that was the, the concern of Chachamim that you're going to be spending too much time on the design and it's going to become Chachamim. So the, many of the Chachamim pick up on this and say, hold on a second, how are you allowed to eat this matzah? If it, if it had a design, so isn't that a problem of erasing on Shabbos? So where does this come up? This comes up in your classic birthday cake with happy birthday shmeal on the cake and are you allowed to cut it on Shabbos? So if you have a good a good bakery where they know what they're doing, so they'll put it on a bar of chocolate or in a Barley's in St. Louis Park. If they remember, they usually put it on a, on a plastic 
piece. So you can literally take the piece of plastic off the cake and you have your cake that you go slice. But the question is, can I sl can I cut the words? So some of the Archonim say, oh, you see, there's no problem. There's no problem of eating. That's called Dera Hachila. You're allowed to cut the letters. However, the Mishabura is machmer against the, the night of Behuda. Now, if you look at the Sefer Shabbos, you'll, you'll start thinking of many reasons why it wouldn't be a problem. Number one, that it's not mechika manas lichtoiv. It's a malacha shenzich legufa at worst. Uh, it's not the derech to do it. It's a davar shenem mischavin about the erasing. So you start thinking of reasons why we would be mekel. However, the accepted psak by most of the Paiskim is like the Mishabura, and one should not uh, cut the letters. However, two atherim, hetan number one is you could eat and you know, bite the letters while you're eating. So you want to go for the whole cake, just dig in. Number two is if you cut in between the letters, so most of the Akhrayim say that's not a problem because that's not real mechika. You're just cutting in between the letters. You're not cutting through the letters. So that would be fine. Uh, so that's the, uh, that's the discussion regarding eating, uh, eating cookies or cake. Another hetter is, is that, that from our Gemara, that at the very least, if the design is part of the cookie, meaning it's not whipped cream on top of it, it's your Oreo cookie, which has the word Oreo in it. By the way, this was a, so I actually have two stories of Kashra's you know, busts. Number one is a recent one this past week. One of the bakeries in Chicago, which is not under the ZRC, it's OU Bakery, so we'll blame the OU for this. They were selling cake as Pasisrol and Parv, and there were Oreos in it. And the Oreos actually said the word Oreo in it, so obviously those are not Pasisrol. Parv, they actually are, they are Parv, but the OU themselves, Hapesha Asar, they're the ones that say that it's OUD, but the Oreos are Parv. But anyways, uh, they had to Put it on alert that it was not pasisrol. There's an older story, many many years ago, before Oreos became kosher. There was a ice cream company that was using, you know, cookies and cream ice cream, and they got a great deal on Oreos or something, or they had a cancellation on the Oreo, whatever it was. They ended up putting that in a kosher run, and a consumer was eating ice cream, and and back then everybody knew that Oreos were not kosher, but because that Oreo on it, they realized, whoops, we got a problem. So, anyways. Eating the Oreo, even cutting the Oreo in half would not be a problem. Or you have your your, your lotus uh, biscuits that have the words on it. I forgot the words, but those words, uh, those would not be an issue as well because those are baked into the cookie itself. Or eating a, you know, a swan-shaped food, even cutting it would not be a problem because that, the Mishabura agrees to the Nadi Behuda, that from our Gemara, you do indeed have a good Raya, that even if it's a form, you're allowed to cut it, you're allowed to eat it, there, there will be no problem. Okay, let us continue. Tanan Hasim, let Mishnah and Chala. So, we're going to learn some Halachas of Chala. We're always going to come back to Pesach and Matzah because here the Torah says Lechem by Matzah. It has to be a din of Lechem. And when it comes to Chala, the Torah says Ba'achochem mi Lechem Haaretz. So you have to eat from Lechem Haaretz. That's when you separate Chala, you give a piece to the Kayin. So this Mishnah talks about various types of cakes or breads. And the question is, is this considered Lechem? I mean, the question is, what, what status does it have? Does it have the status of lechem, of bread, and obviously you do have fresh aschala, or is it something else? Is it like a cooked item? This plays a tremendous role in halacha. So if you're a paisik, you want to spend a lot of time on the sugya. It plays a role in, in hilchas brachis. Would you bench on these items? It plays a role, in, obviously, in matzah. It also plays a role in the, the pas akram slash bishul yisrael debate. Often you have a food where if it requires, if, if it's considered cooked, we have a problem with bishalak. And what if it's considered baked? So no, no. Many Paiskim, most, most of Ashkenazim are mekel. 
that you don't need to have pas yisrael. So it's, we'd rather classify something as pas, as bread, versus it being cooked. Either way, it comes along the, 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 the Mishnah in the first parak of Chala. It says like this, hasufganin, which means the type of sponge. Sponge cake, vaduvshanin, honey cake, v'iskritin, and uh, some other very thin dough. V'chalas hamasris, which we'll explain in a few minutes. V'hameduma. Peturim and achala. And meduma means you had bread that had chulin and truma mixed in together. They're putter from chala. Okay? Because these are not considered lechem. So the Gemara just asked, by the way, what is this chalas hamas race? My chalas hamas race, I'm Rabbi Shemulevi. Zechalot shabali batim. This was a like cooked, uh, cooked dough from balabatim. Okay? That is putter from chala. Amar Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, halalu maisa ilfis. Why are these things putter from challah? Because these are considered uh, fried. Now, just to point out, in halacha, when something is deep fried, which means it's really cooked, but instead of using water, you use oil, we all agree, for the most part, at least halacha lemaisa, that that is considered bishal. That's considered bishal, it's considered fully, it's considered cooked. Deep fried is cooked. The question is, and this is the debate of the next few lines of the Gemara, is if something is not deep fried, we're going to call it fried with, you know, a little butter, maybe some Pam spray, you know, depending on how a Paisic would, would identify it. But it's not really fried. It's There's enough, you know, release agent so that the dough doesn't stick to the pan, but you will not be calling this deep fried. The question is, is a simple, you know, frying pan with a little bit of oil, a little drizzle, does that take it out of the realm of being called baked? Or is that still called fried or cooked and it will not be chayev and challah? So I'm Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, no, halalu, all these things in the Mishnah identified, that's maisa ilfasein. These are considered, these are all made in an ilfas, which we'll call a frying pan. And it's not made in an oven. And it's not called lechem. Lechem has to be as the Pasuk says, lach mechem betanor, that has to be bread in an oven. Let's keep in mind that today when we bake challah, your wife bakes challah, she puts challah in an oven in a pan and you have your electric oven or a gas oven. Back in the day, as we know from Asaf Shabbos, there was something called Radias hapas. They would make pita, they would take the dough, they would slap it on the side of the oven, they would bake. So that's really the old way of doing lechem. However, a frying pan is not like that and that's not called lechem. Rabbi Yechonon no. He says, no, if it was simply a, a question of being made, made in a frying pan, I would still call that lechem. And that's how we paskin, actually. However, these items mentioned in the Mishnah, they were made in the sun. They were not made in the in a frying pan, and that is why they're putter from challah. So the Gemara says, hold on, Meisveh, says, Maisa Ilfis is putter from challah. Let me ask you a question. So you see what they're made in the Ilfis, they're chayiv. If they're made in the sun, it's putter. So that if they first heated it up, you heat up the frying pan, and then you slap the dough on the side of the pan, that is derechafiyah. That's the way you made pizza bread back in the day. That would, everyone would agree, that would be called afiyah. But if you stuck it on the pan, and then you heat it up, what would the halacha be? If you're telling me your putter, so I don't understand. 
safer. Why does the end of the Mishnah say, Asan Bechama Patur, and that if you made it in the sun, it's Patur, you should have identified what you're talking about. Lift like listening to the day. You should have argued, I'm a bigger machlekes. This whole discussion when we said Yechayev and Chalot, this list, that's only when you heated up the, the, the pan and slapped the dough on the pan. But if you first put the dough on the pan and then you heated it up, that's not considered lechem. But you want to be potter. So why does the Mishnah jump to saying the case of baking it in the chama? So the Gemara says, It's missing some words. That's the only time it's considered lechem. It's as if you made it in the sun. And in fact, it would be Potter. Just to take out some halachas from here, we paskin, it's machlekes in the Rishonim, but we paskin that, that if there's just a little bit of oil or a little uh, spray, that will be considered afia, and it will be chayv and chala. Additionally, these things will be considered pas. So if a person washes and a person is kaveh suda on these items, you would have to wash and bench. So the question is really when it comes to pancakes or waffles or crepes, how do we, uh, you know, view that type of food. So there's one very important distinction that typically a waffle or a crepe will have a belila raka. It's a soft batter. Once it's a soft batter, it's already not considered your classic bread. Your classic bread is a thick batter that's baked. When you have a belila raka, which is called a soft batter, which means a liquid batter, then already it's not, at this point, it's not considered bread. However, if you have a belila raka, that when you put it, when you when the finished product has a bread form, like a very thick waffle, I was once in Williamsburg, not once, but I was there many times, but I was once in a restaurant in Williamsburg, and we ordered waffles, and it was it literally tasted like a challah in, the, in a waffle shape. Not very good. But anyway, so it, that was, was probably hamaitzi, actually. So if you, if you have, if, if it's a thick, uh, challah texture, it looks like bread, so then, in fact, it would be hamartzi. If it's sweet, then you make a mezainas. If you're kaveh you make hamartzi. Fine. But if it's very thin, let's say a very, very thin crepe, so if it was a liquid batter and the finished product is a very thin crepe, halach is, it would only be a mezainas. Even if you're kaveh in it, you would never make hamartzi in it. So some want to say that wraps should be the same thing because the wraps are very thin. The problem is they never saw how wraps were made. So I work for the, the CRC. We, we certify mission wraps. It's a good, nice company, tortillas. So I go to the company. They it looks like a lafa. It's uh, when they're making it. It's in a big tunnel oven, and there's ear bubbles. The product is a blila ava. It's a thick dough, and even if it comes out in a very thin wrap form, that is definitely hamaytzi. Even if you eat a little bit, even if it says mezainus on the packaging, halachically that is definitely hamaytzi. Okay, so that's regarding. Waffles. What about crepes? So again, if it's a liquid batter, that's regarding wraps. Uh, crepes would be a liquid batter. That would also be considered a uh, a mezainus because the final product does not have a a uh, a a, a uh, pass texture. But if you had a blila ava, you had a thick dough, and you baked it on a frying pan or the like, and you did not use a significant amount of oil, halach is it would be. Hamaitzi, you'd be chayiv and chala. What about a donut? So a donut is, a, is deep fried. Deep fried donut, that would be a mezainus because that's cooked. That's not even baked. That's cooked. It's cooked in oil. So everyone agrees that would be a mezainus. Okay, there's, there's a lot more shitas and rishonim and, you know, yesh lahachmers. We're just going to leave it at, at, the, at the basic halacha. Let us continue. 
Tashma. We're going to keep asking on Reish Lakish. The Bryce says like this. Yotzin b'matzahina. A person could be yotzin with matzahina. V'matzah suya b'ilfas. And it could be yotzin with matzah that was made in the ilfas. So it seems like that ilfas is considered a... A tan or an oven. So the Gemara says, Hachanami sheratiach The case was that you heated up the oven first, you heated up the pan first, and then you put the dough in it. Even Reish Lakish agrees that is called baking. My matzah hina. What is the uh, definition of matzah hina? I'm reviewing the Mashmul. Kol sheparsa ve'in chutin mshachanim. You 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 split it, and you don't see strings of dough flying around. So that is why that adds, that is the definition of matzah hina. Once it's baked to that point that is considered baked enough to be called lechem. Now, we're going to see in a moment, it doesn't mean it's fully baked. It just means it's enough to be called lechem. So you're yaitze with that. And the Rishonim point out that once it gets to this point, it can no longer become chametz. And you're yaitze matzah with it. So by the way, that's one of the, another reason why the Ashkenazim are typically more machmer, and they want to make sure that their matzah is hard. Because if you have a hard cracker-like matzah, so then if there would be loose strings of dough, you'd be able to tell them in a minute. But if you're using a lafa-type product, it, it could be difficult to differentiate. You know, you're baking it quickly. You have, you know, hundreds and hundreds, you know, an, an hour. You might be missing some... Sometimes that the dough is, is still loose and would still be considered uh, chametz, or, or not, or not or could still become chametz. Now the Rishonim point out that once it's baked at uh, once it's once it's baked to this point, even though it's not fully fully baked regarding you know other halachas, but as far as chametz, it is no longer able to become chametz. So most of the achronim point to this gemara and say, oh, you see this whole minute that people started with kibrox is baseless. Once it's fully baked or even half baked, it seems like there will be no concern of Gibrox. So the truth is, if you look at the sources for Gibrox, it's not about the unbaked dough. That's not much of a concern. The concern is that you're going to have flour that got stuck in the matzah. And the flour was not baked, and it was never really made into a dough. So it's not considered half baked or fully baked. And if you get it wet, so then that flour that's still in the matzah that wasn't really uh, baked, so that would be the concern. If that's how the Shulchan Aruch brings it, and many of the Hasidic uh, Shesuram, they bring it down like that as well. It comes out, again, everyone has their own minog, but it comes out that if a person is not adding water to their matzah, let's say you're just heating up the matzah, let's say you want to just heat, you want, you know, warm matzah, so there's no concern that I'm now going to to you know, make it more hummus, there's no water on it. If there's no water on the on the crumbs, so I'm not doing anything different than than eating it as is. Versus someone dipping it into their soup, that might be more of a concern. I'm saying in, in the in the world of gabrux, again, there's various minhagim. Some hold you could eat it with items that don't contain water. Let's say uh, cream cheese or other other items where there's no real water in it. There's uh, just water from the milk, but that we saw previously is not considered mayim, it's called it's called a matzah shira. Okay, various minhagim, but this is one of the sources for the debate of gebrux or not to gebrux. Omar Rava, v'chein lach the same applies by lach that it has to be baked at least, you know, to this point in order to be considered lechem. The Gemara says pshita, hacha lechem ksev, hacha lechem ksev. So, ay, it says lechem, you know, in both places, of course. The Gemara says, 
Echad mikol carbon. I would think it has to be echad. What does echad mean? Echad shleita paras, not a piece. It has to be shalem. Vahachal kiman the prisadami. Since it's only half baked, it will be considered uh, paras. It's not considered full. So the Gemara says kamashmal. I know we still consider it echad. We still consider it one. Just kedai to point out that. Even though these things are, are considered baked enough that they will not become chametz, that they're called lechem, and halacha, they're not considered fully baked. So who cares? So tremendous nafkabina on Shabbos. Can a person warm up challah that's underbaked? So if you're putting the challah in a place where it could reach yat seledes by, let's say 110, 120 degrees, so there might be an isidaraisa of bishol, of, of afiyah on Shabbos, of cooking something that's not fully baked. This comes up often regarding desserts or or, uh, you know, raw or rear meat or rear fish, where a person is warming it up on Shabbos and it's not fully cooked. It's hard to know when exactly it's fully cooked, but uh, assuming that it's cooked thoroughly, then you could warm it up on Shabbos in the correct way. Obviously, no liquids. It has to, you know, the fire has to be covered. It shouldn't be looking like you're cooking. There's different uh, details. Ayin Mesech to Shabbos. But if it's not fully baked, not fully cooked, so you have a problem. You might have an Issa by warming up your under-baked cookies for dessert. There would actually be a potential uh, Issa there. Okay, let's keep going. And we'll finish it off in a few minutes. Mesvi, they asked the following question. So we're, we're asking on Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon said that Maisa Ilfas is considered baking. And they asked the Kash, it says, Mechala, Hameisa, when it comes to Meisa, Bishamay, Poitrin, Bishal, Mechaivin. And a Chalita, Bishamay, Mechaivin, Bishal, Poitrin. What's the difference? Eza Meisa, Eza Chalita. So Meisa is Kemach, Shal, Gabi, Mugloshin. They have flour that was put on top of water. They put the water in, they, sorry, they put the flour into the water. Hot water. Hachalita is mugloshin shagabe kemach. You poured hot water onto the flour. And there's a difference. So the Gemara is going to explain. Rabbi Sh- so those are, those, that's the first part of the b'risa. The b'risa continues. Rabbi Shmob and Rabbi Yossi Yom and Bishem Aviv. lifter. Both Misa and Chalita are potter from Chala. That is considered cooked. It's not considered baked. Va'amila. There are those that say in a different way. Zevezeh lechiev. They're both considered ha- uh, lechem. And everyone agrees you're chayev and Chala. A fifth opinion, if you made it in the elfis in the pan, it's potter. So you see right here, this is the kash in Rabbi Yechanan. But Tanner, if you made it in the oven, it's chayev. So the Gemara says, Just by the way, that first version that is machlekes beshamay besilva regarding meisa and chalita, what's the difference between meisa and chalita? Just because there's a different order of operation, water and the flour, or the flour into the water. Why does that make a difference? There is no difference. What happened is that the uh, whoever taught Meisa is a different Tana than the one that taught the Halachas of Halita, and therefore... You're right, there is no difference. There should be a parallel machlekes between Mesil and Mesham regarding Meisa and Chalita as well. There will be no difference. Ketani Mies, either way, at any rate, the end of the Bryce said, but So you see, it's like Rishlakish and Tiyufta de Rabbi Echanan. So you're right. This Tana holds like Rishlakish, or Rishlakish holds like this Tana, but there's other Tana. I found you another Tana. The Tana went in a Bryce. Yachal, I would think, it has to be Lechem. Lechem does not include Misa Vechalita. Rabbi Huda Aimer. 
Ain lechem ela afi betana. Lechem means it has to be baked in an oven. Because the first case is talking about cooked items, the second case is talking about baked items. So obviously, Rabbi Huda is going like the Tanakama. So the Gemara says, Allah, what's the difference? My say, Ilfis, it could be Nayu. The difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Huda would be regarding a frying pan. Tanakama Savar, my say, Ilfis, Chayavan. Rabbi Huda Savar, my say, Ilfis, Peturus. Rabbi Yechon found a Tana that goes like him. So Gemara says, Lord, no, there's no proof to this. The Kuliyama really. Myself is patron. Maybe everyone agrees. Myself is patron, like Rish Lakish. Vahacha can go in shechazer vaafoy betaner kamei. Forget the machlekes was when it was fried, which maybe would be considered cooked according to everyone. But then you baked it afterwards. That's the machlekes. Tana kamasara kevin shechazer vaafoy betaner lechem kriner bay. Since you baked it. So now we call lechem, even though it was previously cooked. Now we call lechem. Rabbi Huda Sarah ain't lechem ela afoy betaner meikar. It has to be baked. Originally in the tanor, the came in the meikar la, but tanor afe. But since it was not originally baked in the oven, lav lechem who it is not considered lechem. I'm a rabbi. My time with Rabbi Yehuda. The chesiv va'afu eser nashal nachem mechem betanor echad. That by the toicha it says they can have ten women and they're gonna bake bread just in one oven. Lechem afe betanor echad kari lechem. If it was baked in one oven, one process, then it's called lechem. V'she'ain afu betanor echad ain't kari lechem if it was. Not baked in just one oven, it had to be cooked first and then baked, so then it will be considered, it will not be identified as lechem. Just by the way, some halachas that come out of this discussion, one could argue that maybe a bagel, so a real bagel is cooked, a real New York bagel is cooked before baked, so shouldn't that be called, you know, bishul? Maybe you should not have to make hamaitzi on it, or maybe it should require, I don't know, bishul yisrael, whatever halachic ramifications from this. Shouldn't be chayiv and chalo. So halachly, at that point, it is not considered fully fully done. They cook it to give it that that outside layer, and you know when they bake it, it could get crispy on the outside and still have that soft inside. Some bakeries try to do this without cooking it. They spray steam on it. Uh, between me and you, I go to some of them. Not uh, not really a bagel. There's nothing like a real New York bagel. So. There's a reason why they do it, but it doesn't get it fully cooked at that point. It just gives it that outside uh, skin, and therefore it is considered baked. The flip side of this is your classic, you know, cereal, your Cheerios, where it's cooked originally, and then they bake it off so that it could have a different, you know, a little flavor or some texture and not be so soggy. But once it's cooked, it's already fully cooked, and therefore Abelski held them, Iker, then a person, you know, let's say during a Saras Mechuva, where you're concerned for Pas Yisrael, these things are not considered bread, they're considered Bishel. Now, do I need Bishel Yisrael? No, it's not considered Oila al it's not a fancy food, it's breakfast cereal, and therefore, Lehalacha, a person does not need to have Pas Yisrael cereals, so during a Saras Mechuva, you could eat your Cheerios or whatever, because those are considered fully cooked prior to being baked. Let's do one more. Gemara Yosef Rabba Achayur de Rabzera ve Yosef Rabbi Zera come into Ula. Amalei Rabba de Rabzera boy mine me Ula. Go ask Ula the following question. Hidlik me befnim vertiach me bechutz mao. You put the dough on the inside of the frying pan and you heat up the outside of the frying pan like a regular classic frying pan on the fire. What's the halacha? Amalei my Amalei. What's what type of questions is this? Amalei, if I ask him that, Amalei's going to tell me I knew myself. That's the whole discussion. I am. Psachim daflam and zayin. Samali Rav Yosef the Rav Zera above me Ula asked a different question. Hidden b'fnim va'avuka connected mao. So he's cooking with a blowtorch. He puts the dough in the frying pan. And he takes a blowtorch and starts 
you know, heating up the dough while it's in the frying pan, but the fire is inside. So I'm really, my, um, my aim really. There's still not a question. I mean, if I ask him, I'm really going to tell me that's a normal way to cook. Raivanim, Oisenkane, Anim. Uh, do a, use use frying pans like this. So it's the same question as a regular frying pan. Wait, they put the fire this way versus that way. It's a classic case of a frying pan, and therefore there is no kasha on on this. Just by the way, one more topic we didn't really talk about was when they make ovens for matzahs. So there is a debate, not much halacha, regarding having a fire on the inside versus the outside. Rabbi Yashiv said that all our ovens, you know, most ovens heat up well enough that it's so hot that it, you'd be yet to all the shitas, all the rishonim, all the tanam. But either way, we would hold that even the frying pan, which is the heat comes underneath, according to, to how we pass in the Rabbi Yechanan, that would definitely be called lechem.